Amen. What, what amazing music to lead us into the presence of God. Uh, I, I have to tell you, um, I, for those of you who have been around uh, the last few weeks, uh, I, I've really enjoyed uh, our study of the book of Daniel. Uh, in the last few weeks. I know some of you have sent me messages, you've uh, shared with me how, how this guy who lived 2,600 years ago, how his story is just really encouraging in your life today. And uh, for some, those of you who are visiting today or may have missed uh, some of the last few weeks, we've uh, learned from Daniel, who uh, was unwillingly uh, thrust into a culture that did not support his desire to follow God. Um, and, and yet we discovered week in and week out that Daniel's circumstances did not keep him from, uh, from pursuing God at all costs, no, no matter what the cost may be. Uh, Daniel and his friends refused to compromise their values even when the pressure was on, and, and God blessed them uh, for their faith. Uh, Daniel, instead of depending on his own gifts and his own abilities, he, he wholly and, and completely uh, depended on, on God when he faced the impossible. Um, and then Daniel, even, even in his older age, when we saw many decades had gone by, he was still faithfully following God with his whole heart. And even when he was under attack, his life was on the line. Even though he faced that, he, he didn't get distracted with worry, but just continued to pursue God with his whole heart. Um, you know, even though you and I, we don't live in Babylon like Daniel did, we still face the temptation to shift, to, to shift and to compromise daily. You and I face the temptations to, to shift. And the truth is, what we choose, um, what, what we choose, what, what we decide for our life, like, like, are we going to shift or are we going to, to stand firm and refuse to compromise? Or uh, are we going to reject self-dependence and instead uh, uh, trust God instead of trying to control everything ourselves? Uh, will, will we trust God's provision and refuse to worry or will we be consumed by it? Uh, our decisions, even the little decisions, they, you add them all up and they, they write the story of our lives. And this morning, I had intended to continue our series on Daniel looking at, at chapter 5, but, but since we have nine people celebrating baptisms, or nine families celebrating baptism um, or remembrance of baptism, I, I'm really going to just let their stories um, uh, lead the way today. Uh, however, I do want to offer this up to you as it relates. In, in Daniel chapter 5, um, Daniel is put in the position of having to uh, confront the king of Babylon. Uh, the king at this time is Nebuchadnezzar's son. He, Daniel is put in the position of having to confront the king about some really difficult stuff. Like he's, he's confronted with a difficult a message, hard truth that he has to share with the king. In fact, uh, this is a perfect transition into our next message series that starts uh, just next week um, called uh, The Elephant in the Room. Um, and during the series, we're going to be equipped uh, and challenged in some cases from God's word to uh, engage in the difficult conversations of life. Uh, but here's how Daniel addressed the king. Daniel chapter 5, starting at verse 18. He said, Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, 
all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. And you can actually read about this story in Daniel chapter 4. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and he ate with the Uh, ate the grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over the kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven." Daniel here confronted the king's pride and the king's arrogance. Friends, pride and arrogance are, are killers, aren't they? And you, you, you know this. Uh, you've, you've experienced, some of you have experienced this in, in your life. Um, they're killers in so many different ways. But, but they're especially a killer uh, when it comes to spiritual pride. Uh, spiritual pride can keep us from experiencing a real relationship with God. Uh, kind of like the, the, the song that, that we just sang, I, I won't go back because his presence has changed me. Spiritual pride can keep you from experiencing that change. Uh, spiritual pride says things like this, says, hey, I, you know, I believed in God since I was born. So, so, so what if there's no evidence in my life that my heart has really been changed by God? I, I believe the right things. Spiritual pride says, I, I don't need to surrender my heart to God. Hey, I was, I was baptized as a baby. I grew up in the church. Spiritual pride says, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I, I don't need forgiveness. I don't need grace. I, I'm handling things well enough on my own. Spiritual pride keeps us from trusting God because, uh, because we're afraid of what others might think. Spiritual pride keeps us in the stands when God longs for us to be out on the field. Spiritual pride keeps us from experiencing the fruit of a real relationship with God because we have, we've settled for, instead of a real relationship with God, we've settled for a list of beliefs that, that we assent to in our mind instead of the real deal. Spiritual pride kills and, and, and just like the king, the, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, how he pridefully set himself up against the Lord of heaven with his pride and his arrogance. When we practice spiritual pride and we think we don't need God, then, then destruction comes our way. It, it, it did so for the king. In fact, destruction came later that night, uh, we read. Um, and if we turn the page in our lives we'll find that spiritual pride will destroy us too. But today, friends, today we get to experience the opposite of spiritual pride. Today, uh, we have the privilege of celebrating with and and supporting uh, several people in our church family who will be standing before God and standing before all of us um, in in their church family uh, and laying down their pride, laying down their spiritual pride and humbly uh, acknowledging their, their need 
for Jesus. Uh, some of them are having their, their children baptized. Some of them are uh, going to be baptized or remember their baptism for themselves. But in each case, they are committing or recommitting their lives to following Jesus. And so at this time, uh, I'd love to invite uh, them to stand uh, right, right where they're at. Most of them are, are here in the, the first couple of rows. Uh, I've got a few questions uh, for you to answer before we get started. And uh, they are uh, questions, uh, questions that really, uh, I think, connect with what we've been learning about Daniel uh, the past few weeks. Uh, just pay attention to how they, they relate uh, kind of to Daniel's life. Uh, the first question, this is kind of about refusing to compromise. Um, here, here's, here's the question for you. Uh, on behalf of the whole church, uh, I ask you, uh, do you desire to turn from yourself and all that is evil in this world and turn toward God? And if so, you'd say, I do. Next question, this is kind of about dependence. Where, where do you put your dependence? Will, will you completely depend on God and receive the encouragement of your church community uh, to do all the good that you can, to avoid doing harm, and to stay in love with Jesus? If so, you'd say, I will. And now a question about where your trust lies and laying down your spiritual pride. Do you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, surrendering your life to him and put your whole trust in his grace, not your own merits, as if you could earn his love? If so, you'd say, I do. And now there are, are some of you with uh, little ones to have baptized today. I've got a special question for you. Uh, will you nurture these children in partnership with your church family that by your godly example and teaching they may be guided to receive God's grace and God's offer of new life uh, for themselves uh, and then uh, proclaim their faith openly and follow Jesus where, wherever, wherever he leads? If so, you'd say, uh, we will. And for everyone gathered here today who has received the new life that God offers through his son, Jesus Christ, uh, do you affirm as the body of Christ, uh, reaffirm your desire to turn from yourself and to turn toward God uh, and the power of Jesus at work in your life? If so, you'd say, we do. We do. And will you nurture one another in this commitment and especially include the people who are standing before you now into uh, your care? If so, you'd say, we will. Let, let's, let's join together in prayer. Uh, you guys can have a seat. Uh, let's, let's join together in prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us here today and bless this gift of water and those who receive it as a powerful, powerful symbol of your spirit that washes us clean, clothes us in righteousness, and gives us the power uh, of your grace just pouring into our lives. Lord, we accept your invitation to follow you with our whole hearts and to refuse to shift, but instead trust you with every, every ounce of our being. All praise to you, Father in heaven, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Well, here's how this is going to work today. 
Um, I'm going to step aside, and we're just going to, I'm kind of going to introduce each, each set of folks who are here for baptism or baptism remembrance, and they're going to share just a little bit of their story, and then I'll come back up kind of in between, and we'll, we'll uh, experience God's grace pouring out on us through baptism and baptism remembrance. So uh, without further ado, I'd love to introduce uh, Andy and Allison Schubert, um, and is Logan coming up too? Uh, along with Grace. All right. Uh, would you welcome the Schubert family? Come on up. Big step. We're having Grace baptized today because uh, we'd like to thank God for Grace. And uh, we want to make a commitment to raise her to love God and follow Jesus as we have. Alice and I were both raised in strong Christian homes, and we want the same thing for our family. Uh, we're grateful to God for grace, our brother Logan, our families who are here today, and the supportive church family we have here. Thank you. All right. Did you want to hold that, Logan? You want to hold that? No, we're not going to let you hold that. <laughs> well, here, flip this so I don't get too far. Can I take Grace? Yeah. All right. Hey, Grace. Here, I'm going to turn you this way. How's that? Oh. Everybody see you real well? All right. All right. Well, in the United Methodist Church, we, we, um, uh, we baptize infants. And the way that, you know, some people have questions about that. Well, how can she make a decision for herself? Well, she can't at this point. Uh, but um, in, in baptism, uh, there are a couple different things going on. Uh, there's, there's God's part and there's our part. And today, we're, in infant baptism, we especially emphasize God's part. That God pours his grace out onto us regardless of anything we've done to earn it because we can't do anything to earn it. Uh, nor can we do anything to, to have rejected it. There's nothing as precious as grace is. There's nothing that she has done to uh, merit God's love and grace being poured into her life yet. Um, and so we're really emphasizing God's work in infant baptism. Um, and someday uh, we will pray that she has an opportunity to do her part, to publicly declare her faith before her church family at that time. So um, at this time, um, here, you want that? Okay, let's take, let's take this out. Okay, I'm risking it. Oh, look at that. All right. Grace Taylor, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Oh, I even got a smile. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, well, let's... Uh, uh, next, I'd I love... I guess it's uh, uh, Cody and Rebecca... You guys, Colby, Colby and Rebecca. Uh, uh, Nolan Robert is coming on up. Oh, he's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Faith and God have been a part of my life since childhood. Colby came in... in 
to it in adulthood. We have several conversations about our beliefs, prayer, but the thing that had the biggest impact on our faith as a family was this little boy. You see, my water broke when I was 21 weeks pregnant. Now, for those that are not familiar, somewhere between 77 and 95% of women go into labor in the first 24 hours after their water breaks. The doctor told us this and started talking about very scary things like Nolan's unlikely survival if this happened. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so that night we prayed, our families prayed, and the next day friends were praying and friends of friends were praying. And as the days went on, more and more people prayed, including the amazing care team here at Troy UMC. And we truly believe that this is what made Nolan able to stay safe and healthy in utero till 34 weeks when the doctors decided it was time. We know that without faith and all that prayer, Nolan probably wouldn't be here with us today. Which is why we're so excited to get him baptized today in front of so many people that we're praying for him and us, our little miracle. obvious that you two have for, for this little guy is the same love that God has for each one of us. Uh, what, a, what a perfect opportunity to remember that and thank God for it. All right. Nolan Robert, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Look at all. It's kind of bright, isn't it? See all those people out there? All those folks? Some of their grandma and grandpa are out there. Lots of other family are out there. That's right. But these folks out here, some of them are going to be your Sunday school teachers. Some of them are going to be uh, aunts and uncles in the faith, group leaders. Uh, some of them are going to be uh, real close friends with your mommy and daddy. Um, uh, but they're, they are your extended family now. You see that? They all love you. And their uh, love for you, they want to be a reflection of God's love for you, bud. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Precious. Thank you. Uh, I'd love to um, invite up uh, Matt and Don Dean, along with uh, Caitlin and Bennett, who are going to be baptized today. Oh, big step, good job. Matt and I moved um, here from San Diego about four years ago with Caitlin and Bennett was on the way. We always knew we would have our children baptized, but first we needed to find a church to be a part of and grow with. 
After visiting several churches in the area, we felt Troy United Methodist Church had a great community presence. And we really, um, and the members were very welcoming. In addition to the Sunday worship, we have really enjoyed sharing in programs like Sunday school, the summer lunch program, and VBS. We feel very comfortable when at home here, and we know this is the right time to express our commitment with Christ. We are so excited for the baptisms of Caitlin and Bennett and to symbolize and strengthen our union with Jesus as a family. We practiced this, didn't we? Okay, are you ready? Big sister first. All right. All right, look at you. Whoa, yeah. Look at all those people. They're here. Most of them, they're here for you. All right. Caitlin, what's your middle name? Grace. Okay. Kate, you ready? You ready for this? All right. God loves you so much. This is a symbol of his love for you. Caitlin Grace, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, you're precious. Can I trade you? Look at all these folks. There's a lot of people out here, aren't there? Yeah. All right, Bennett, what's your middle name? Bennett Chase? Is that right? Okay. All right. Bennett Chase, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I think uh, there are some folks in the kids' ministry who were really excited to hear about this. Uh, they were excited. Uh, Miss Sarah and Miss Lisa and lots of the other kids, they knew that you were going to be baptized today. They were, they, yeah, they did. They, they were excited, and they want to celebrate with you, okay? All right, with fried chicken. It's, we talked about that earlier. They're having a fried chicken party, too. <laughs> so. Oh, bless you guys. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's uh, wonderful to uh, have this be a commitment of your entire family uh, to follow Jesus and never turn back. So, all right. Can I just keep you up here with me? Is that, does that sound all right? No. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, we have, um, we, we have some folks, uh, some, uh, well, I'll call you an adult. You've, you've, you've been there. Uh, we've got some, uh, some adults who, in some cases, are uh, being baptized, and in other cases, just really have made uh, recent commitments. God has really been doing a work in their hearts, and they felt it important to take the step of declaring their faith publicly. And, and you're, um, uh, as they're up here, I, you know if you were up here, you'd be a little nervous. Uh, they, they said, they, each of them kind of expressed, I'm not sure if I wanna really make myself that vulnerable. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about this. Um, and yet each of them said yes to God's call to 
share their story as an encouragement uh, for each of us, uh, but also as a testimony to what God has done in their lives. Uh, so, so as they're up here, if you just, just kind of want to pray for them, uh, that, um, that, that they keep it together um, and, and share what God has laid on their heart to share. So let's uh, start with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, um, Aaliyah Johnson, why don't you come on up? You ready? Hello. My name is Leah Johnson, and today I'll be remembering my baptism. Here is some of my story which led to this day. I was raised in the church growing up, and I've always loved it. I loved the people, and I was in love with Jesus. Thinking back, I remember how content and happy I was, naive and, and oblivious to the ugliness behind the scenes. When I started school, I began to realize the things that other kids had that I was lacking. One of the very important things was a dad. All of my life, I've always felt like I'm missing out. I started to get extremely emotional and depressed. That was until my mother met my stepfather. I've prayed for someone like him every night, so when he finally came into my life, I was overjoyed. That is until things started to take a turn for the worst. When I was 11 years old, I was molested by my stepfather for almost every day for months. I started to dissociate and distance myself from God. I remember crying out to him to end the abuse, but it continued for what felt like forever. I became an atheist. I hated God for letting someone I loved as a dad violate me in such an awful way. I grew bitter and dark. I started to self-harm. And what began as small scratches soon, began, soon became deep cuts. February 27, 2017, I was hospitalized at Gateway for a week after planning my suicide. I was the furthest away from God that I had ever been. I saw no hope for me. While I was there, Pastor Kurt Stone came to visit with me. He sat down and prayed with me. He didn't judge me or treat me differently. I saw Christ through him, and deep down, I knew I needed to regain my relationship with Jesus again. So that summer, I decided to go to Beulah Holiness Camp. I could feel Jesus tugging at my heart, and on the second day there, I, surrendered, I finally surrendered my life to him. Everything from that point in my life started to turn up. After a year of therapy and medicine, I, be, I have become a much stronger and healthier person. I invested myself more in, my, in the church and in my relationship with Jesus. I see now that even though what I experienced was horrible, God had plans for me to help seek out others who are experiencing similar things in their lives and give them hope and encourage them to be courageous enough to reach out for help. My stepfather has since been charged with this crime, and my mother is in the process of divorcing him. Although I, have, although I miss having a dad, I am coming to know Jesus as my true heavenly father. I still have a long way to go and a lot of my story to tell, but I know Jesus, but I know in my heart that Jesus has never abandoned me, and I will always be, and will always be there with me through everything that I will experience. Thank you for listening to my story and supporting me in my journey with Jesus.
one of the, uh, you know, Jesus was baptized. Did you know that? Jesus, when he was baptized, uh, before he had done anything, any of his miracles, anything that we read about, you know, he didn't, he didn't really even have disciples yet at that point. And he came and he was baptized. And before any of that, when, when he was baptized, do you remember what happened? He, he went down in the water and he came back up and he heard a voice. And it was a voice of his heavenly father who said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You might not hear a voice. You might hear a voice. Um, but in your heart, Aaliyah, um, you can hear God whisper, this is my daughter whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. Uh, Leah has already been baptized, um, and today she asked to remember her baptism. Aaliyah Marie, remember your baptism. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's more where that came from. Uh, God is uh, continually at work transforming lives. And I'd love to invite up uh, Kirk Schleter to share some of his story. Would you welcome Kirk? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Kirk Schleter, and uh, today I'll be remembering my baptism as well. Uh, I was born, baptized, raised, and confirmed in the United Methodist Church, um, and I've spent probably most of my life saying the right words and uh, doing the right things, but um, throughout all of it, my heart wasn't set on God. Um, I felt that the world I was living in and existing in was incompatible with the God who could love me uh, and could love any of us, um, and I couldn't wrap my mind around God's vastness or heaven, and so uh, I let go. Um, during my college years, uh, I took a class on Christianity after living without God for several years and sort of came around to the idea that there was a God, but he was impersonal um, and, and couldn't care for me and, uh, and couldn't love me. About a year ago, um, I began to suffer. Um, I became very anxious. Um, I was really depressed and overwhelmed by negative emotion. And for about six months, I was suicidal, um, spending hours every day wondering what the point was uh, of living in the world. And I thought that there was just no way out. Uh, and, that, and that was when uh, I began to feel God again. Um, I was in a wedding last January in a church and I spent the whole time running to the bathroom and, and sobbing because I felt like there was a, a wire in my blood um, touching me every place that I was exposed. Um, and so gradually I began to feel that God was calling me back to him. Um, and uh, that's where all you guys come in. Um, my first day attending this church was Easter Sunday uh, this spring and I think that most of you probably uh, don't know me, but I just want you to know that you've been a blessing um, without knowing it. And being here has been 
um, such a great thing for me um, and feeling God in my life and feeling his love and his power and all of your prayers have, um, have been wonderful. And so uh, I want to say again today as a, as a full adult um, in the eyes of, of God and men that uh, I choose God and I want to live for God and I want to live for Jesus as his servant. Um, and he saved me and him, he ransomed me and I belong to him now and forever. So Kirk calls me up or sent me a message in the middle of this week and, um, and he said, I just, God is tugging on my heart to do this. And he said, is, it, is, that, is it appropriate? Is it right? Is this for me? And we found out that, yeah, uh, this, is, this is for you. And, and I, I just, uh, Kirk's yes to God uh, put him in a position here to, uh, to share what God has done in his life. Uh, and that, that makes a difference. Uh, and I just want to encourage you, Kirk. I think I said this to you when we were talking on the phone. Don't stop saying yes. Keep saying yes. Uh, when God's spirit nudges, they, the more you say yes, the easier it is to hear his voice and the harder it is to say no the next time because you see how he came through for you uh, the last time. So I'm so glad you said yes when he was tugging at your heart at that wedding and that you said yes again when he touched your heart um, on Easter and beyond and so glad that you said yes to, um, to share your story and declare your faith in front of your church family. So Kirk, Aaron, you've already been baptized. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, remember your baptism. Amen. We have a couple more. Uh, somebody else who uh, called up this week. Uh, and said yes uh, to uh, that this uh, was feeling God's nudge on her heart. Uh, Jody Acreage, uh, would you welcome Jody? Hi, I'm Jody. Um, I was baptized, so this is a remembrance. Um, I was baptized at the same time I was confirmed at the United Church of Christ. And I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. When I was 30, I experienced the best miracle of God, and I had my son, Jack. And I had never experienced a love that was unconditional like that love. When he was in seventh grade, I started having health issues, and uh, I was really scared. I... Uh, I was so afraid he was going to be crushed if something happened to us because, to me, because I was, it was the two of us, and I was his rock. And I, the love you have for your child is so amazing, you just don't want to see them suffer. And then a year later, I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease, and the doctors didn't know much about it. So they, I did research, and it was no cure and high mortality, so that was all I could focus on. I was really wanting to be in control of my life, but I didn't have any, and um, I didn't handle it very well. I was uh, so consumed with anxiety and worry, that's pretty much all I did. And I felt really scared and alone. Even though I had family and friends and I was praying, I just wasn't letting them in. So um, 
my parents lived really close to me at the time. And every time I was having a panic attack, I'd call my mom and she would come over and give me a hug and calm me down. But then a year later, they moved to Troy and my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So then he, she was taking care of him. And um, when I, one night in the middle of the night, it was usually in the middle of the night, like two o'clock, I called her and I was panicking. And I realized as I was talking to her that, um, you know, it wasn't convenient for her to drive 40 minutes just to give me a hug and calm me down. So I, um, I decided to tell her that she didn't need to come up. And then I hung up and then I was really scared and I just was panicking and feeling all alone and I decided to uh, turn to God. So I asked him to help me. I finally said, you know, can you take, guide me in the direction I need to go and take control because I was no longer able to control it, I realized. That was my first step in towards building my relationship with him. I put my trust in him and he led me in the right direction. I felt a peace come over me and I actually made it through the night and everything was good. Then I started attending church again, because I had kind of stopped, and I was started reading the Bible, and then we joined this church when we moved to Troy, actually moved in with my parents, and um, I started attending journey groups, and I said, that they're awesome, and I realized that um, through one of the journey groups that I was God's child, just like Jack was mine, he loved me just that same unconditional love, and that was really a big step towards my heart. My worry and my anxiety started to slowly go away, and then things started turning around. Even though I don't, don't get the answers I always want, I know I'm not alone. And my relationship with God has continued to grow deeper by the day. Last fall, um, I got one of my tests back that implied I was having pulmonary hypertension, and that is the main mortality reason for my disease. And um, so I was scared a little, but I decided to do a test and participate in a study, and then when I did the test, they told me, you can't uh, have this drug to calm you down because we need you to do the test without it. So the old me would have like freaked out and I would have had a panic attack before I even got to the procedure room. But this time, the day before, I was really calm and I had my faith in God and I knew he was gonna take care of me, but I actually finally said, um, I prayed and I said, you know, Jesus, please be my savior. Please forgive me for all my sins. And I found this peace and I knew that I was no longer afraid to die. And either way, it was gonna be a win-win. So just for the record, the test came out great. I, uh, they stopped the study and I don't have pulmonary hypertension. We don't know why, but um, my test came bad, but I don't, I'm not afraid anymore. And I know that God is always with me. In one way, he, we're gonna work it out. Surrendering my life to Jesus has been a process over a couple years now, but I can say without a doubt that I'm a totally different person today than I was two years ago, and I believe in God, and I have a real-life changing experience, and now I have a relationship with him, and that's why I'm re remembering my baptism today. Thank you. You did it. You did it. You did it. Jody, um, great job saying yes again. You've already been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jody Lynn, remember your baptism. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. You know, when, um, when people share with me that Hey, it's, it's time for me to go public. 
to declare my, my faith in Jesus and remember my baptism. I, I, I give people some options. Um, and, and some chose, as you've seen before, to, to just have the, the cross, just the symbol of the cross uh, put on their forehead. Um, uh, others you may have seen in, in the past where we've had kind of a family uh, baptism where for the adults it was a remembrance and we'll pour water over everybody. And um, still others say, you know, uh, water is a symbol of God's love and mercy and grace. Let's use a lot of water, Pastor. Can we use a lot of water? Uh, and, <laughs> and I'll say, you know what? I think we can. Uh, we can do that. And so uh, uh, as I introduce Rick and Crystal Lechner, uh, Crystal has never been baptized and is going to be baptized today. And, and Rick has been baptized, uh, but uh, maybe three or four times, I think he said. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> but, uh, but he, uh, he's made a commitment to Christ since then. And he's going to declare his faith. And he's going to uh, remember his baptism in the same way that Crystal will be baptized in the tub uh, with a full immersion. So uh, would, you, would you welcome them up as they come? a lot of people out there. <laughs> Hi, my name's Crystal Lechner, and I'm really excited about getting baptized today. On Easter, I shared a lot of my story with my church family before Christ came into my life. I was so empty and was, I was so empty and was trying to fill the emptiness with alcohol. I was lost. I hit my rock bottom, and I thought I was alone, but I was so wrong. My husband, father, friends, and most importantly, God was with me when I hit rock bottom. When I really start praying and talking to God, he was there and he, was, he listened to me. Things didn't look so dark anymore. That's when we began attending church here. The moment I walked into the Troy Methodist Church, I was hurting really bad on the inside. I knew I was missing something, and I kind of had an idea what that was. Thanks, Aunt Lisa. Before coming to the church, I was praying and trying to get my life back on the right path. I prayed and talked to God daily. It was strange that when I started, I suddenly didn't feel alone anymore. When I walked into the church, it was like, well, here you are. God. Yes, I was welcomed by my church family, but there was something else, the presence of God. I felt God by my side. I was like, it was like he was saying, welcome home. I've been waiting for you. I kept coming back and I surrendered my life to Jesus. I feel in my heart that I am forgiven. I have a new life and I'm finally back on the right path the one that leads to God and to the life that I don't have to be alone anymore. My life has changed dramatically since I turned my life over to God in my personal life and in my career. Where do I start? God is great. Since I opened up my heart and I learned to trust in God, my relationship with my husband has dramatically improved. We talk, we go to church together. 
and we pray every night beside our bed. When something is bothering us, we talk it out, we pray about it, and God is always there. I got reconnected with my family better. You didn't know there was something to those game nights, huh, Amy? I spent time with my family um, and really tried to get involved with getting to know them better and being part of their lives. My career has improved because when I'm stressed out, Mr. Jones, you know this, because I worry a lot and you're always having to listen. And when I'm stressed out, I pray and let go. God, God always listens and things always seem to work out. And I'll be relying on Jesus even more in the near future as I've just learned that I'm going to be deployed for six months in the beginning of November. There is no way that I could face this with hope in my heart and love before Jesus came into my life. I could go on and on, but in truth, I was never living. I was just existing before God came into my heart. Today I wanna to stand before you and publicly say that Jesus has saved my life and I intend to follow him for the rest of my days. Thank you so much. Hi, my name's Rick Lechner, and today I am remembering my baptism. I grew up in a Christian family, and from the time I was little, my dad and my mom read Bible stories to me at bedtime. We went to church every Sunday, and when I was eight years old, I accepted Christ into my heart. This was when I was baptized in a Protestant church. I was also baptized when I was an infant in the Catholic church. <laughs> As I hit my late teens and early adulthood, I saw a lot of my Christian mentors fall away from serving Christ, and I followed like they did. It wasn't that I denied God, I just stopped. I stopped going to church, reading my Bible, and I only prayed when I was afraid. As Crystal said, we shared a lot of our story on Easter. To summarize, I knew a lot about God but I didn't really know God for many years of my life. When Crystal was really struggling, struggling, I started to pray a lot. I remember clearly when I realized I needed a change in my life. Sorry. I was, driving, I was driving to work one morning and I was listening to a rock station I always listen to in the morning. And I had this overwhelming feeling that just every lyric out of that musician's mouth just made me feel depressed and it brought me down. So I just had this feeling that I just needed to switch the radio station and I switched it over to Joy FM. As weeks went by, I continued to listen to Joy FM and I prayed in the morning so I was driving to work. I felt uplifted in the morning, but there was still something missing. A few months later, we received an invitation to attend Troy UMC. During the Christian Atheist series of preaching, I began reading the book, and I realized I was not living for God the way I should be. During one of those services, I surrendered my life to Christ, and it was just emotionally overwhelming for weeks after that. This weight had been completely lifted off me, and I realized my true purpose this is life, and it's to serve God. 
Um, just one little quick thing on that Christian Atheist series. Um, we're going to be starting a journey group on that book on Thursday nights at my house. And I'd really like for everyone to come. You're all invited to come and attend that. And it's such a great series. And I learned so much just from reading through there, contemplating a lot of things. But I want to echo my wife's words. My life has changed dramatically, both in our personal lives and my career. My relationship with Christ or with Crystal is at a completely another level. And it's not that it was bad before, it's just better. I really can't explain to say, except for God is the center of our relationship now. And I have this unquenchable hunger for biblical knowledge and to grow in my relationship with God. I look forward to every chance to talk about God and what he's been doing in our lives. There's an ever-present peace in our lives right now, even though in the midst of Crystal's upcoming deployment, we still have the same day-to-day -day life circumstances we had before, but we have assurance that no matter what happens, we're in God's hands. This home is just temporary. Today, as I remember my baptism, I'm saying thank you, God, and making a public declaration that I'm a follower of Jesus. What's your, your middle name? Marie. Crystal Marie. Right, you can cross your hands or you just like that. I'll bring you back up. Bring you back up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you, if you haven't heard it before, the symbolism of, of, uh, of immersion and baptism uh, is when you go down, you are dying to your old self. You're saying goodbye to the past. You're, you're, you're saying it's no longer about me. And then when you come back up, it's like you are raising to new life in Christ, uh, just as Jesus uh, raised from the dead. So, Crystal Marie, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. Proud of you. So proud of you. There you go. has been baptized, uh, and I shared earlier the two parts of baptism, God's part and our part, and God's already done his part. God doesn't need to do this again. In the United Methodist Church, we don't re-baptize, but we do 
remember our baptism. Sometimes we don't remember or we just need to stand before our church family and declare that, that we're followers of Jesus. And that's like a, a signpost in, in our journey with Jesus that, that is something we can look back on, remember and celebrate and always look to as the presence of God in our lives and an opportunity to hear the voice of God say, Rick, you are my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. So this is uh, a Rick. Uh, Rick's remembrance of baptism. You can cross your hands. You've already been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Rick. Remember your baptism. I told them they could just stand here soaked for a while. Uh, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, who's shared her uh, heartfelt story uh, earlier, is going to uh, lead us in a song that kind of encapsulates uh, everything that these folks have all shared in their stories that they've recognized that they're no longer alone.
You're my refuge in the storm.